So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta? Welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swart. And today we have a really uh, unique uh, and fun guest, guys. She's got so much insight in her industry. I'm super excited to bring her on. Uh, she's doing some really cool things within the Atlanta area and just has some uh, really interesting perspective on uh, what she did throughout the pandemic and, and how she thinks it's a positive influence on the on the rest of what, I mean, honestly, what the industry is going to look like in the next, uh, in the foreseeable future. So uh, without further ado, guys, I have Chef Nicole Bernier on with us. She is the owner and founder of Whisked Away. Uh, we were kind of talking a little bit before the show and I was like, so what exactly do you do? And she's uh, casually said uh, she can put anything into a box. So with that, guys, I'm super excited. Nicole, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, also, again, thank you so much for taking some time away from your uh, rainy mountain getaway weekend uh, <laughs> to get on the podcast with us here. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Yeah. So um, whisked away. We were mm-hmm. kind of talking about this before and I interrupted you because I definitely wanted to let our audience kind of hear about this, but like, um, give me a little bit of your background. So like, uh, what did you do before Whisked Away? What was kind of like the um, purpose behind it or the motivation behind it? And uh, what are you trying to do for it or with it? Absolutely. So I have been in the industry for a gajillion years, it seems like, yeah. um, basically since forever. Um, yeah. I was a pastry chef for um, 15 plus years before I started whisked away. Um, I've worked all over the city in different restaurants and bakeries. And right before the pandemic, I was the executive pastry chef at, um, the Candler hotel downtown, which was pretty new, um, right before the pandemic and, uh, poor thing then shut down because of the pandemic. But, um, so I got laid off, um, kind of like everyone else in my industry, pretty early on in the pandemic and had, you know, some time to kind of just rethink where I wanted to be. And I was a little bit burned out and contemplating maybe doing something different, but I, I knew I wasn't ready to leave the industry. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to leave the kitchen. I just needed to make a little bit of a change in the way that I was going about it. So I decided I've always wanted to have my own company or my own business. And I think it was really a blessing um, that it happened now because I think I would have put it off and put it off and put it off. Um, yeah. And I still been in kitchens. So decided to start whisked away. Um, 
I wish I could tell you I had like a great story behind that name. Um, <laughs> I have always carried a whisk on my keychain since mm-hmm. high school, I think. I just, and I actually use it on occasion when need be. Oh, nice. Um, and so I was just talking with a friend of mine and we were kind of coming up with names and between the two of us came up with whisked away and <laughs> I fell in love with it immediately and thought yeah. it was so perfect oh, um, awesome. because I want you to be whisked away to wherever your food takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I started, I don't think I initially would have started this pre-made meal um, service, which is how, what really this started as Yeah. Um, you just heat it and eat it. I mean, it's, I, I had heard from so many people that um, the meal kits, that you buy that you still have to you know cook are never 30 minutes they um use every pot and pan in your house and then you have like 15 pieces of plastic left over yeah um, and you still have your kids you know running around in a pandemic and your husband or your wife or your partner or whoever you know asking 100 questions about when is dinner ready <laughs> so i wanted to make things easier for people yeah um, and just give people different access to different foods um, that they might not want to cook themselves, but they'll try it if it's easier to heat it and eat it. So Mm -hmm. I started that way um, by word of mouth. Um, I have a great support system. Uh, My girlfriend group is amazing. Um, Honestly, I don't know how I would have gotten this off the ground had it not been for them. (laughs) Um, I mean, I had one person setting up my website. I had one person running my social media for like six months. I had another girlfriend create my logo for me. I mean, they just like, I could not ask for a better group of girls. That's awesome. Um, Parents were super supportive delivering for me and helping with big orders and just, you know, reminding me that like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. This was a good thing to do. For sure. Oh my gosh. Well, Um, you know, I think like, uh, for sure. The, that initial jump of like, what in the world am I going to do is, is like always like that biggest hurdle to get over. Um, mm-hmm. And for you, it was forced, right? Like it was like, uh, well, I don't have, like I got laid off what I was doing anyway, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not like the the classic entrepreneur store, if you will, where they'd left this uh, high paying job to go start their own mm-hmm. thing. Right. Like um, the, for, the pandemic took care of that for you, unfortunately, you know? Um, Absolutely. So then it's, then it's like, and unfortunately, yeah, right. It's, it's a double-edged sword for sure. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of like, um, it's definitely um, some forced growth, which is always uh, uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. awesome when you look, when you uh, finally like pick your head up and look, wow, I did what in two years, th- going on three now. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I think it's interesting too. The, um, so we're, my brother, brother-in-law is an executive chef up in Columbus as well. And it's interesting, man, that the uh, chef culture or chef industry or kitchen industry, I guess you can say is an Mm -hmm. interesting one. Like, uh, it can be, it sounds like it could be super fun, but drastically get out of control, uh, from a, from a toxicity standpoint, almost, uh, if you don't have the right leadership. Oh, absolutely. Even if you do have the right leadership, it's still like (laughs) something about it, like pulls the crazy out of like the most sane people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, like the, so with him, his out, or so my brother-in-law, this is like the only like uh, knowledge I guess I have of the industry kind of drawn off of it, but like, seems like hours are pretty long, uh, in the, uh, kitchen industry. Uh, am I saying that right? Is the kitchen industry, cooking industry? I don't know which one to say it. Kitchen uh, industry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so 
what were what were some of the th- what were some of the pain points that were like, man, I love. So obviously, you loved what you did from a product standpoint, right? Like you loved. I mean, you've had a a whisk on your keychain since high school. You said, <laughs> <laughs> and you use it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so obviously, when necessary. You, <laughs> yeah. Right. Obviously, like, is it like a small one or is it like, it's, or is it small. Like, okay. it's like perfect for whisking little salad dressings together, which is what I use it for usually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, uh, so obviously you've had a passion for cush, uh, cooking for a long time. And then, and I don't think this is u- unique to the cooking industry. So like, I- I'm very curious to see like, uh, just like your thought process, but uh, you, you had a passion for uh, this process, this, this gift that you clearly have. And then the, uh, you can call it corporate America, you call it work in America, but the industry part of it almost ruined that passion for you. It sounds like where it was like, man, you're already kind of thinking about what you're going to do anyway. Right. Um, and now this, this provided you the opportunity to, uh, take what you were passionate for and create and compound that passion into a career um, that you really enjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. where do you think some of that, like, do you think that it's, you, you're unique in that standpoint, or do you think that there's a lot of people out there in the cooking industry that have a hard time with, uh, or that have a hard time, like finding how to compound their passion essentially for the, for what they do? I definitely don't think I'm unique. Um, I think, you know, we've mentioned that the pandemic was kind of like a blessing and a curse in the larger sense, but for me, it was more of a blessing, um, cause it forced me to kind of stop. Um, yeah. there's not, you know, it's, it's hard to take time off in the industry. Like I, and the culinary industry is definitely not exclusive to that. Um, you know, they're not known for, for being able to take time off, especially when you're in a management position. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, it, it gave a lot of people, I think, time to kind of reflect on what was really important to them. They all of a sudden had more free time. They all of a sudden had more sleep, yeah. <laughs> um, more time with their families. Uh, you know, the industry is a lot of uh, nights and weekends. The yeah. kitchen is a lot of nights and weekends. It is a lot of long hours. I mean, you know, there are very few 40-hour work weeks. It's more like 60, 70, 80-hour work weeks on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, especially when you're in charge um, because somebody calls out, you have to cover, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I can't tell you how many times I canceled plans <sighs> on friends and family. Yeah. And yeah, it was terrible that it was understood and like kind of almost expected from my friend group and my family that they're like, Oh, you should probably have to work. Yeah. I'm like, that's, you know, that's a terrible thing to, as your first thought. Um, yeah. So I know a lot of people in the industry that kind of changed their mindset, having, you know, three, four, six months off, whatever it was before they were even had the option to go back into a restaurant and decided to either do their own thing or do something different or find a different outlet um, that was less stressful, less, it's hard on your body. It's hard on your, you know, you're standing for 12, 15 hours a day at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and mentally, physically, emotionally, like it's just, you're really exhausted. It kind of hits all the outlets. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, I, I think the pandemic definitely made the restaurant industry change, hopefully m- more often than not change the way that they went about hiring people and treating their employees and 
giving time off and all of these other things that people need. Um, and people are now uh, demanding it, whereas yeah. they would just, you know, this is just the way it is. And if you want to work in this industry, you have to work 90 hours a week and you have to be in pain all the time <laughs> and, then, yeah. you know, go into the walk-in and cry every like 30 minutes because you're so stressed out. It's just, it's, it's changed on both sides, the employer and the employee. Yeah. Oh man. And you know, that's, that's really unfortunate. And I think it's been one of the best things. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing. I think right now, like there's, there's a labor shortage out there. Um, but it's because it's, there's a lot of variables to it, but one of the big ones for sure is you have high performing professionals like yourself. Like look at what you've been able to do to you created a company, right? Like, like, uh, and one that you enjoy, like, man, imagine if they allowed you to have that kind of creativity and um, capacity when you're working like with that, that high profile uh, hotel down in, in downtown Atlanta, you know, um, instead of just crushing that. And I think that that's what a lot of people are looking at right now and kind of reevaluating and seeing if, is this even worth what I wanted or is this worth the pain that I went through? Because you're right, man. I think um, the, if somebody's first thought is, Oh, she probably can't come because she has to work. Like that's never a place that you typically want to be uh, at least for, for there's, there's grind sessions, right? Like you, they probably Absolutely. thought something very similar when uh, you're getting your company off the ground and you probably feel that in certain aspects now as well, where uh, it's, it's just a different capacity though. When, um, you don't have somebody like, uh, or it's, you're doing it out of, out of a passion versus because you're being forced to do something and you don't know what other outlet you, you can do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I now well, have all of the control I can do. You know, I, I do, uh, quite a few things within my company, but they're all things that I enjoy and they're yeah. all things that I want to do. Yeah. And if I get tired of doing one of them or they don't perform as well, then I don't have to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. yeah, you can pivot pretty, around and pretty crazy. Yeah. And man, uh, so we, we run a, like a clinical strength training program, uh, mm -hmm. on top of some of the physical therapy that we do. And, um, uh, for Christmas, we got, we've got, uh, everyone in that program, uh, some of your Nutella sea salt cookies, and they were super popular. <laughs> They're <laughs> awesome. So explain to me a little bit more. So I love, I love the, um, drive behind whisked away. Right. And, uh, I love that you're able to use your passion and pivot it into something that you, that you thoroughly enjoy. So what is it, you know, like what, what all, what all do you do? So obviously if you were, uh, an executive, uh, pastry chef, uh, you, you make some pretty dang good pastries, but is that all you do? Uh, kind of give me a little bit more info on, um, whisked away here. Yeah. So, um, I was, yeah, pastry chef for like 15 years. Um, and then I've loved cooking as long as I've loved baking, which mm -hmm. is not necessarily common in this industry because they are so different. Yeah. Um, you know, cooking is more, you can like feel it where baking is definitely a science. If you add too much baking powder, like it might explode. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I, I used to say like, I would bake for a living and I cook to relax. So I would come home and like, I didn't, I could turn off my brain and still make dinner. Um, and it was just sort of like my outlet. So I've always, I've always said that when I had my own space or my own thing that I would do both, I would mm -hmm. kind of incorporate it. And so I actually now do more cooking than baking, which, um, will probably change up a bit. Um, but it's sort of a nice break. Well, I do still love baking. Um, yeah. it's nice to kind of have the freedom to do whatever yeah. I want. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I do weekly pre-made meals. Um, the menu changes every week. Um, and there's individual meals and family style meals. So it kind of hits everybody, um, whatever you need sides and desserts every week. And, um, you know, people are always like, how do you choose the meals that you put on? And I'm like, my choices are like purely like what I want to eat that week. Um, (laughs) so whatever I feel like eating is usually what I make, or sometimes I feel like only making one type of cuisine. Like it's only Italian week, which is a lot because Italian is like my, that's my, my jam. Yeah. Um, And, or like only Asian week or whatever it may be. Usually it's like a hodgepodge of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also do private chef dinners. I'll come into your house or do your event. I did a lot of holiday parties in December mm-hmm. um, and create a menu for you and serve. And all you do is sit down and enjoy and then spend time with your whoever it is that you brought to dinner. Oh, my gosh. Food is super cool in that aspect where like it's it's such a social thing, you know, like mm-hmm. it is so unique. Uh, like when I go out to restaurants, like obviously I want a good food, but it's really not, I, I, I care way more about like the environment. Like, uh, when we're going out mm-hmm. to eat with certain groups, I'm like, okay, this group is going to like, or really like this area, like, or this type of restaurant, or they're going to really mm-hmm. like this atmosphere at this restaurant. And, uh, or if it's at your own dinner table, like what's the right music to set when people are coming over? Like, it's such a, it's such a total experience that food is like the centerpiece of. So I love oh, that. Yeah probably one of my favorite things, honestly, that I do, because I love kind of getting to know somebody and creating a menu that's just for them. And mm-hmm. especially if they're like adventurous, or, you know, willing to try something that is maybe a little bit out of the box, that's yeah. just like really fun to introduce people to new experiences. And I can yeah. do wine pairings, I have sommelier friends that will come and do like a whole um, wine pairing uh, teaching course while they're having their dinner. Well, it's just like a lot of, it's a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. So then do you do, so like, obviously you do like private events. Um, is that like a big piece of what you do or is it kind of just like a, like a branch of it essentially? It's so I definitely, I started with the pre-made meals. Um, I did that for basically a full year. So this June will be two years (laughs) that I'll have been open trying to do the math in my head. (laughs) Um, Cause sometimes it feels like yesterday and sometimes it feels like I've been open forever. Um, so I did that for a solid year. And then this past fall I introduced, I had done a few private dinners, but I actually posted it out to the public, Mm -hmm. um, the private dinners and then like boxed, like you said, I can put anything in a box. So like box lunches, kids, snack packs. I've done a lot of charcuterie boxes I did a lot of in 2020 um so that people could gather outside yeah uh, a lot of like especially here in Atlanta like people yeah. love charcuterie uh, charcuterie here in Atlanta that's a big thing <laughs> and they're so fun and everybody could have their own box it was like COVID friendly um uh, especially at the height of the pandemic they could gather outside or wherever they were and everybody has their own silverware and like everything is just contained in your own little box yeah that's so. awesome that's great. Yeah. And then, so do you, when you do like some of like the, like, if you do like a private event, um, mm-hmm. do you involve them in the cooking process? Like, do you like, is it kind of like, a like learn how to sous vide your steak kind of deal or <laughs> not for that? Um, but I do do, uh, cooking classes. So right oh, now cool. they're still virtual, um, mm-hmm. just for COVID reasons, but, yeah. um, eventually they will be in person. So I do offer cooking classes. You can book for friends, family, um, 
uh, company can do it for their employees. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of options. I um, mean, right yeah. now with it being virtual, everybody can kind of just sign in from wherever they are. Mm-hmm. They can choose to cook along with me, or they can just watch. Um, so yeah, the private dinners are mostly like you enjoy, spend time, let me do all the work. Um, but if you want to do a cooking class, I could do a cooking class. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the beauty of it, man. And like, I think it's super cool too. The the whole like kid snack boxes that you do and like, um, like the one, like, do you make like a, like a school kids lunch box lunch idea, uh, product, or is that just kind of like uh, snacks that's for the house essentially? For now it's, and honestly, a lot of the things that I've added over the last almost two years have been things that people have requested. Um, that were, you know, weekly meal customers of mine. And they're like, can you do whatever it is? And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I, I think that'd be fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just added in. It's like yeah. the kids snack packs were definitely, I had a couple of moms that were having like little play dates. Yeah. Um, again, starting in the pandemic is just like a very different way to think about presenting food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is another like, you know, COVID friendly safe way for your kids. Everybody has their own little snack pack and they get like little granola bar, homemade granola bars and cheese that is cut out in different like shapes, like dinosaurs and elephants. That's cool. (laughs) um, All sorts. You can kind of customize it. I have like the base one that I do. And then if you want to add like deli meat or, or whatever it is, you can kind of customize them a bit. Yeah, man, that's super cool. And, and really interesting too, I mean, we see it here uh, with what we do. So, you know, at Athletes Potential, we're a performance physical therapy clinic. And throughout the pandemic, you're starting to see more and more people who like values just change, right? So a lot more people are focusing on their health and their well-being. And uh, I'm and a big piece of that is nutrition and what they're eating and how they're eating. And, and uh, so to be able to have like a healthy snack option for your kids like that, like you said, like a homemade granola, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's. I have no doubt that people are all over that, you know, like that's, that's such a, that's such a cool thing to be able to offer people. And it's something I don't think that they realize could even be an offered service to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you do like, um, like any type of like meal prepping for like meal prep meals for people in like the health space, or is it more or less just kind of like, like you said before, like flavor of the week, like, here's what I've got. It's here until it's sold out kind of deal. For right now, it's more of a flavor of the week. Um, I think as I grow and, I'm currently my only employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think as I grow and if I had enough requests for, um, I've done a few like weekly meals that are more um, dietary specific, um, mm-hmm. but it also is dependent on how many other weekly meals I get because I do offer a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Like I have usually four different sides, two different desserts and up to like eight different entrees um that are offered throughout the week and i always have like a vegetarian option at least one if not more um usually like a lot of my soups that i do are end up being vegan i just Mm -hmm. don't really like cook with cream um i don't cook with a lot of butter um so you don't cook with a lot of butter do i so you said you don't cook with a lot of butter no all my butter goes into my baking yeah i was gonna say like (laughs) okay yeah that's so what do you use if you don't, is it, is there a particular reason why you don't like to cook with butter or is it just more like for like the health benefits of not cooking with butter? Um, 
I, I mean, I do, there are a couple of, of things that do have a little bit of butter in them. I just, it's just not the way it's like, not the way I grew up eating and it's mm -hmm. not the way that I cook for myself. Yeah. Um, like I, awesome. I do not use cream basically in anything. All I basically, all of my soups are vegetarian or vegan. I, yeah. I don't use cream in anything. Um, and I sort yeah, I sort of just cook for other people the way I cook for myself. Yeah. So like everything's <laughs> fresh. That mostly local as much as possible like everything from scratch no added sugar no you know jar can things yeah um, if i'm not going to give it to my i'm picky eater not picky but like i'm picky in terms of like quality yeah so if i'm not going to eat it myself i'm not going to feed it to somebody else for sure i love that and so when you say uh you like to uh you cook for people the way you would cook for yourself Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you said you were picky, it also kind of reminded me of when you said earlier, like you also like to be like pretty diverse in like your food experiences as well. Uh, what I oh, mean, I remember one time I was, I, I do too. Um, and I remember I was at this restaurant and they had like a jellyfish salad is what it was. It was just like shredded jellyfish. I was like, um, you know, I'm pretty adventurous, but is, is this good? <laughs> you know, like, or is it a pretty like Oriental? Like, do I need to like have grown up eating this to appreciate it kind of deal? And mm -hmm. they're like, no, it's good. You'll like it. I'm like, all right, man, it was not good. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it felt like I was just eating like chicken cartilage the whole time. You know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I don't like it. And they started dying laughing at me. Like, it's fine. They, I think they knew because they like comped it for me and everything. Like they're just dying laughing in the back. Like they knew I wasn't going to like that. <laughs> I would venture to say I've never personally eaten jellyfish, but I would venture to say that's one of those things that you need to grow up eating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like saying like, I don't know, like cooked bugs are good or something like, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> Um, okay. So then what are some of the, what are some of the things that like you've noticed that, uh, you like to eat, uh, or that you like, um, cook on a pretty regular basis, but I don't, but you were like, wait, people don't eat this or don't try this or haven't had this before. Or like, is there anything that's kind of like shocked you about that process? Um, I, it, it's things that I, there are certain things that I am surprised that are, are super popular on the menu. Like I do a cauliflower Alfredo. Uh -huh. Like I said, I didn't grow up eating foods with cream and butter, like super rich or heavy foods. And, um, I, my best friend, when we lived together a gajillion years ago, wanted something different. So I started making her cauliflower Alfredo and I actually love it. Um, mm -hmm. and I have a lot of people that surprisingly it's like very popular yeah um and people who like alfredo you know normal alfredo they're like oh this is way better yeah it's also healthier it's also yeah. vegan <laughs> right and also doesn't feel like you got a brick in your stomach when you're done eating it right <laughs> right um but yeah and like my brother especially it's like one of he said it's and he's like you know six two football player body type you know big dude like yeah. can put food away. Um, <laughs> and he said, it's like one of his favorite things that I make. And I'm like, all flour Alfredo. Shocking. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not like a, like a, like a massive like, double like, cheeseburger or something? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I do a short rib ragu over pasta. That's like cooked for like 15 hours and it's got red wine, you know, all the, and it's like super meaty and like, mm -hmm. you know, man meal. Um, <laughs> and no, he said that the cauliflower Alfredo with, like chicken and mushrooms over pasta. He's like, it's my favorite. Wow. Shocking. Wow. 
Now I got to try this chicken, this uh, cauliflower Alfredo. You should. I mean, it's <laughs> honestly, it's so good. I make it all the time for myself. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What are, on that note, what are some of your other types of favorite foods? Like, I know you said you like Italian, right? Um, yeah, I lived in, I've always loved Italian. I lived in Italy for a year. Um, oh, really? Just like that just made it even worse. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. way pickier. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I always wonder about that. Like, I, I bet you like people from other countries, one, they're just like grossed out by how much we consume, like how big our portion sizes are, but then two, just like mm -hmm. the amount of just crap <laughs> that we eat, you know, um, they're, yeah. they're probably like, man, you like this. And, uh, when really it's probably just more or less just sensory overload, right? Like we've just had mm -hmm. like so much, like you said, so much bu butter or salt, sugar, fat, really. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure you're familiar with it or have at least heard of it. There's a book called salt, sugar, fat, and they talk about, oh, yeah. um, this is PI or this private investigator that went into all these different companies and essentially like discovered how these companies use ingredients like salt, sugar, and fat to addict us to their food. Um, mm -hmm. Man, one of the craziest stories from that. So I grew up eating Oreos, love Oreos, right? Like there was always, uh, you know, at my house and my friends always joke, like I can always count on there being milk, Oreos and milk at your house, right? <laughs> and uh, double stuffed for sure. You got to go double stuffed or nothing. But uh, they talk about that in this book about how like um, shelf real estate in a, uh, store is highly, it's just as competitive as like commercial or personal real estate, right. Or residential real estate. And, uh, they were noticing that they were losing some of their, uh, um, shelf, uh, estate <laughs> to other cookies. So then that's when they came out with the double stuffed Oreo to get people to re-engage with their food and then addict them to that flavor and consistency and taste of their cookie. Uh, Cause it just had more of the salt, sugar, and fat in there. It's like, man, mm -hmm. totally got me too. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and those Oreos are going to outlast the apocalypse. Oh, for easy. I mean, it's like what the Twinkies and Zombieland, right? Like <laughs> Twinkies, cockroaches, and Oreos. Yeah. There you go. It's easy. Um, Okay. So then when you, I love that. And then, so when you spend that year over in Italy, you're able to like, really kind of like fine tune in like, Oh, this is what real food kind of a real Italian food kind of tastes like. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've always been picky, like being in the industry and kind of growing mm, up. That's fair. Like I said, not eating with a lot of butter or cream or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, living there just, just made it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I would say better. Some people would say worse because I'm so like, I will only buy like two or three brands of pasta. I will only buy two different type, like types of canned tomatoes. Like there's just, there are certain things that I'm just not willing to compromise on. Yeah. Um, and I just stopped apologizing for it you should. Um, because I'm going to make you the food from it. And you're going to understand why I'm so picky with what yeah. I choose. And you're going to love it. Because <laughs> Americans, I mean, they put sugar in everything and you will just, you never know the amount of things that you oh. buy that actually have added sugar in them. It's, it's absurd, right? Like most, most things. Yeah. It's crazy. My, um, so. yeah, you know, my mom would be fine with me telling this story. Like, man, her coffee is the amount of, it's, it's like more creamer than coffee. And I'm like, you don't, can you even taste the coffee at this point? Or do you just taste like watered down or you just taste like, you know, a little bit of watered down coffee creamer is what you're tasting. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, like creamer with a shot of coffee in it. Exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. Well, uh, Nicole, 
you've got a lot of really cool stuff going on. And I love how it's like constantly diverse or like, you know, changing and growing and, and, and you're adapting and pivoting to fit your client's needs or your customer's needs um, on such a more personal level every, at every single turn that you can. If somebody wanted to uh, learn more about Whisked Away or you or, 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 you know, both, like what would be some good resources for them? Um, so I'm on Instagram, um, Whisked Away ATL. Okay. Uh, and then my website is whiskedawayatl.com. So there, um, yeah, the Instagram has a ton of pictures of my weekly meals, has all the weekly menus posted there as well. Um, reminders to order. And my system is a little bit different because it's sort of a pre-order. Mm-hmm. So you order this week for pickup or delivery next week. Ah, Okay. So it's a little bit, you got to got a little bit plan ahead, but I promise you it'll be worth it. Cause then you can have meals for the whole week. Yeah. Um, and the website has some of the private chef info and box meals, snack packs, whatever box things. Yeah. Um, and then virtual cooking classes. Um, those are all email for more information, but at least has some information on there for you. Awesome. Awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for all of, or for giving us a little bit of your time during your mountain getaway here. I love everything that you're doing. You just, I just followed you on social media as well. And, uh, like I said, those, the Nutella cookies are good, but I'm definitely gonna have to try that cauliflower. Uh, um, yes. Thank you. Alfredo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it will be on the menu again very soon. (laughs) I'm all all over it. Thanks so much for your time, Nicole, and, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.